Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lepondra looking to get close side of Fon. Lepondra away from David. 3-1 running. Three points running. Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls podcast supported by Blue Collar Street Food who are actually opening their first permanent site on the 12th of March. So get down there. It's absolutely going to be massive. Um, well done to Glenn. He's an absolute running legend. Uh, he listened to this and I'm bigging up his ego. But yeah, you're pretty good. But you do have some bad traits. Right then, moving on then to Reading FC. Oh, what a weird weekend it has been from Sunday, Benji, who I'm also joined from the Reading Chronicle, Benji Nyari. Hi there. Yeah, I mean, as, as I was telling you right before we started, I am exhausted. This has already felt like one of the longest weeks in, in my life, and we haven't even gotten to the big game on Wednesday just yet. But as you said, it's been so bizarre, so strange, and I guess we're all just trying to keep up as best as we possibly can. Yeah, no, it's, it is really strange, isn't it? Because obviously, if you want to listen to our reaction to what happened in the match before protests, match another defeat of course we all know that's how it works for reading and the pitch invasion go back to listen to our last podcast which is about the 150 damn squib but we're going to talk about what's happened since then so it kind of started on sunday afternoon there benji when kind of i think it was mm. jacob potter maybe on twitter started this thing and then it became got momentum massively and you obviously looked up and uh talked to some mm -hmm. people and it's incredible completely yeah, it's it's the whole thing is so bizarre. I mean, when you see someone come out with something on Twitter, regardless of, of who it is, you have to be a little bit skeptical. Um, and so naturally, I think everyone was a little bit skeptical, if potentially hopeful was maybe the feeling amongst a lot of people. But, you know, the, I, I started talking to people as one does in that situation. And then obviously the national press came out with it, the mail and talk sport. And at that point, it was really sort of heating up. And at that point, all the people that I spoke to that night, which I have to stress, isn't one person. It's multiple people who all sort of have a 
given information that has been accurate in the past and B, have no objective really to lie to me. Um, so it's not as if this is just something that a bunch of people have made up for, for no reason. There was to some degree an element of truth to the rumor. Now, that obviously brings us to what actually happened because Panovich is still in the job. So obviously he hasn't been sacked, meaning that those rumors weren't true, at least in the moment. And so the way that I take it, and it's something I included in my article this morning, sort of on just the chaos of the last couple of days, is that either that means that there were a, a people, and I stress more than one person inside the club, who believed that it was the case that Panovich had been let go or was about to be let go. Or it means that there were people inside the club who were essentially trying to force that action to happen by sort of spreading this this rumor, this report, this news, etc. And obviously, we all know now, well, at 5, 10 p.m. as we record this, that Panovich is still in the job. It feels like at any minute, in theory, it could change because that's how loose a grasp I feel like I currently have on the situation. But the, the point, I guess, being that those rumors and, and that, that report that initially came from Jacob Potter wasn't totally just unfounded and false. People were actually talking about it, and I think Eddie Wallbank then tweeted later that players had been talking about it as well. So it, it's not as if this is just some random thing that started on Twitter and then national papers and the local press picked it up. It's something that people inside the club, whether, again, they, they, they thought it was true or they were trying to push something, it is something that people did were talking about. Yeah, no, uh, definitely. I mean, as we all know, inside Dai Young's brain, nobody knows what's going on there. So it, it seems highly, highly likely. I mean, for me, it feels like it probably was completely true. I'd have no reason to doubt that. But I think, has he just changed his mind again? Or has other pressures come on? I mean, nobody knows, do they, Benji? Yeah, and this is what's so tough about football and Reading Football Club e even more than some other clubs is that something can be true but actually end up being totally not true in that it can be true as sort of the Chronicle and a few other papers reported that the expectation within the club was for him to be sacked. But the reality is that the power structure is so thin at the top of the club and the decisions are being made by such a small group of people that that expectation can end up being false because ultimately Dai Young is going to kind of do what Dai Young wants to do. And as someone told me sort of yesterday, he phrased it in a different way, which was Kia Jarabjan is going to do what Kia Jarabjan is going to do. And ultimately that's, 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 I, I can't say for certain what his specific involvement in this decision or any other decision was. Um, I, I, I would be scared to say anything too certain because he's been known in the past to be quick with lawsuits. Um, and the truth is that I don't know what his specific involvement is. That's just something that I was told. And and that I, I guess that 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 is the reality of this last week has shown that decisions aren't really, at least it comes across this way, aren't really being thought out very well. And they're not really being made over a long-term process, rather as much as this crazy thing happens, then this absurd thing happens, then this ridiculous thing happens. And it leaves everyone kind of, in some ways guessing and in some ways you know you have to listen to people that you trust and they are getting information either from people they trust or from themselves being around the situation 
And that can still end up being false because at the end of the day, no one really knows to a full extent what Dayong is thinking. And that's obviously part of the problem because if the communication within the club is so sort of is so sort of unclear, then obviously the communication to the fans and outside the club is only going to be worse. So, yeah, maybe the club have just decided, let's say nothing, because it really depends on what Dayong has for dinner. <laughs> he could change his mind at any moment. Yeah. You, you, it just could be so confusing, because obviously we've seen the, the only statement that we think possibly, uh, allegedly, has come from the owner, and that is the Liam Moore one. Um, and that didn't help. Let, let's be quite frank about that. That has not made the situation better. So maybe they're filtering him out. But as the owner, if he wants to put something out there, I suspect he could do it whenever he wanted to because he has overall power, Benji. Yeah. No, I mean, he's he's always got the power to say whatever he wants. He could come out tomorrow and say that they were bringing in Mickey Mouse as a new sponsor. It, it wouldn't necessarily make it true. He's got the power, though. It would be fitting, Benji. Very fitting. <laughs> I've heard that. I'm, I'm tweeting it tonight, right after this. But, I mean, the reality is he's, uh, he's, he's avoiding making decisions and avoiding coming out with anything sort of straightforward and obvious. And without having talked to him, I can say that, and anyone else can say that with a great deal of certainty, because of the facts of what we're seeing. We're seeing that nothing has come out. We're seeing that no decisions have really been made one way or, or another. It's not as if at the bottom of that Liam Moore statement, they tell, as, as I was saying, you know, at the bottom of the Liam Moore statement, they gave support to Paunovic, not in any great detail, but at least they did say something at a time when he was under pressure. But this week, with all these rumors and everything, they've remained totally silent. They could come out and, or, or he, the owner, slash CEO, slash whoever is in charge of making the decisions, could come out and say, we're backing Paunovic, these are the reasons, or we're giving it more time, these are the reasons, etc. But the silence is just so unfair on everyone involved. Yeah, totally. And just moving on to Paunovic there, he's, we can all talk about his kind of uh, inabilities with management in the last few games. And eight, there's no point, eight defeats on the chart. You, you can't mask that. But I feel that basically he's being used as a shield against an owner because we've seen it with Mark Bowen as well. The issues with Clement, with Gomez, they've all said exactly the same about the owner. There's major issues behind the first team that we can never see. And at some point, the owner has to come out and do something, but I don't think he will. So in that way, I have a lot of sympathy for Panovic because I don't think he's a bad person at all. And I think he's suffering a lot and I think he does care. But yeah, the football doesn't work like that. You have to move on. And, and you know, I, I just hope at some point in a few months time when he's left, he looks back and he thinks, I'm so glad to be out of that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's such a tough situation because... I, I think, personally, my belief is that he wasn't qualified to get the job in the first place, Paunovic. I mean, a relative failure in the MLS doesn't qualify you for an incredibly tough job in the championship, in my eyes. And I think almost no manager would survive the run that Reading are on, having not won since November, being only kept out of the relegation zone by other teams' total incapabilities and the fact that Darby had 21 points deducted. But the fact is... He's being left in such a difficult situation, having to answer questions he should never have to answer. And I keep coming back to that statement that was said in, I believe it was 
the meeting with Star before the 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 very long structured dialogue meeting where they 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 asked sort of all the tough questions that fans wanted to know. I believe it was the meeting before that where they mentioned how Paunovic luckily was a great communicator and a great sort of spokesperson for the club. And it's like, all right, I keep coming back to that same thought that how much of the reason that he's being kept in the job is because you think he's actually going to get enough wins and how much is he being kept in the job because you like that he sort of takes all the flack and is willing to speak to the media and give up his time to do that. And and I know a lot of fans don't like that what he says, but I guess maybe the owners feel like it's a it's it's the right way of communicating because it means that I guess they don't have to communicate. It's such a bizarre situation, and I do feel for Panovic, and I do feel personally, totally on just a personal level, having seen what's happened over the past few months, I do feel like he's not totally in the job 100% just because of his football management, and that's an absurd situation for a team battling relegation. Yeah, it's absolutely abysmal, isn't it? I mean. <laughs> You just look at any normal club, you have a manager, but you then have a CEO who takes a little bit of pressure off sometimes and will communicate with the press and clear up any issues. But we haven't got that. So he has to take on absolutely everything. Uh, this is not a sympathy vote here for Panovic. He should go. OK, I'm just saying on a human level that I wish he would. Um, oh, I wish for him he could get out because I feel that he must be suffering from this because mentally it's just too much. It's too much. Yeah. But. Being very Reading FC, they just bring a surprise signing on us. Completely from nowhere. Uh, apparently, someone who's been on trial is Brandon Barker, this left winger who has also been at uh, a club nearby who I don't want to mention on this podcast, but also Glasgow Rangers. Um, yeah, what do we know about him then, uh, Benji? Because we do need wingers. There's no doubt on that because quite a lot of them are injured. But it feels really weird when we need more defensive players, really. Yeah, there's, as with seemingly every single possible decision that Reading make, it just leads me to have so many questions. Firstly, it's pretty ridiculous from sort of a media standpoint that nobody had any idea about it came out. And that, I, I, I don't really understand how that happens, that it was never sort of mentioned by Panovic or no tips were ever given to sort of any of the local press. That's just sort of my own complaints about wider things. But the other questions you then have to ask are, as you said, there feels like bigger priorities. Panovic said at the start of January that his priority was defenders. He then said at the end of January that his priority was defenders. He then said after January ended that his priority was defenders. And now a winger has been brought in. It, it's so bizarre. And so then you have to ask the question of, okay, Alan Khalilovic, he's been injured for eight weeks or whatever. He keeps posting on his Instagram, including this morning, that he's coming back soon. Is he coming back soon? I mean, we've no reason to believe one way or another because Panovic hasn't been very clear about that. And then obviously the bigger question of Ovi Ajaria, injured for 10 weeks or had COVID or had was testing positive for COVID. Again, given very little information about that, it was initially called a soft tissue injury. Then we were told that actually it was partially COVID as well comes back for the second half of his QPR and has been injured again. And once again, we're told no information about it, a refusal to say what the injury is, a refusal to say what the possible timeline is. So 
Is he injured? Is he being frozen out in in sort of the Liam Moore-esque type situation? It's incredibly unclear, and you, all these questions naturally have to be raised when the club brings in a winger after talking about how they wanted defenders. It's it's so bizarre, and I. I hope that Brandon Barker does incredibly well both for himself and the club because he doesn't deserve any sort of stick. He's just a a 25-year-old wanting to play football and getting a chance, so I hope he does well. But naturally, there are big questions that have to be asked. I think I'm going to call this episode Nothing Makes Sense. Because <laughs> I feel it just, it just is the way it is. And you're right. There's nothing against Brandon because he's uh, absolutely no involvement in any of this. And I hope he's a success. Um, it's only a short-term contract, so I'm not particularly worried about that. But we have the massive game tomorrow night there, Benji, against Peterborough United. Wow. I was on another uh, podcast earlier, and I was saying how I think it's the biggest game we've had since we got promoted to the championship as it is now, with Jamie Curitan scoring at Brentford 20 years ago almost. Um, it feels huge for the whole of the club in the future. It does. It really does feel huge. And it feels huge because obviously from sort of a just championship this season standpoint, whoever wins is going to be, if there's a winner, is going to be ahead in terms of points for the relegation battle. But it feels massive psychologically because this game has been looming now for a month, two months, whatever it is. Both teams have been unable to pick up essentially any points at all. And now it feels like whoever loses is just going to think we're never going to get another win this season. This was our opportunity. It's kind of over for us. And obviously it isn't. The season doesn't end tomorrow. That is, I think, important. Hopefully the players will realize that one way or another that they still have more work to do. But it does feel like whoever wins that game, if there is a winner, is just going to have so much more momentum for the, the run for these two teams who are both, let's be honest, kind of atrocious this season. <laughs> more than atrocious, isn't it? To shame we can't get Derby in the game as well, so we can have like a roll rumble. <laughs> it's like, Might as well add it wins, stays up. <laughs> it's... Uh. It's certainly, and it's it's obviously this last week or these last 10 weeks is not the preparation anyone would want for this massive game. And, you know, if that, you know, as Tim Deller reported on BBC Berkshire, that supposedly players want Poundovich out, senior players, that in itself is terrible preparation for the biggest game of the season when you still have the manager and, you know, we all want to see the team give absolutely everything for a game where hopefully they recognize just how big it is and just how important it is for the fans. But you have to worry considering what's happened over the last week and over the last eight weeks or whatever it is. I'm just worried about everything. <laughs> I'm just worried about everything. There's nothing that's going to positive. The only, any little tiny thing I can find a positive is Yaku Mate on Saturday. Yeah. Which I wasn't was a brilliant. tiny one. That was, that was a huge. The impact mm -hmm. that he had came when he came on the pitch, not just on the pitch, but off the pitch, was just incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, yeah. you, it was shocking sort of how fit he looked. <laughs> he's, uh, he's been out all this month, but his 10-minute cameo was better than months of what we've seen from, from certain other players. Yeah, if, if we stop the season now, he'd get player of the season. <laughs> it's just like... It's a sad <laughs> indictment, but thank you a lot there, uh, Benji, for joining me. Quick wrap-up of what's been happening or not happening, I don't know. So, cheers, and if you've enjoyed it, subscribe, and uh, just let us know what you want, what you think, not what you want.
want. I don't buy your house or anything. So yeah, yeah. 